Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, everyone. Just a quick trigger warning from us for this episode. We do talk about disordered eating and eating disorders. Uh, if this is something that's a bit touchy for you at the moment, please feel free to skip this episode and we will put all the details uh, in the description for organizations that might be able to help you. Uh, and we would love to see you next episode. Welcome to The Best Bits with Alice and Lily. Like to recognise the traditional peoples of this continent whose land was stolen nearly 250 years ago. In particular, we at the Best Bits would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land in which this podcast is being recorded today, and we extend our respects to the all the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Hello, darling. Hello. What's How up? Are you? Today is a good day to have a good today day. Today is a good day. I actually am feeling really good today. I know, I know. I'm really, really excited. Well, um, it's a life of leisure. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> I'm very like bougie, going to Byron Bay, going to a resort. Like, Literally. Like I'm in Tasmania this week. I'm in Queensland and I'm in like Uluru. Like where else are you going next? Byron Bay. Next thing oh, you'll be in Bali tonight. I know, I know. Trust me, the the camping was not glamorous, but the fire and base was a little bit glamorous. <laughs> yeah, you deserve it though. It's been it's been a week or two or three. It's been yeah, it's been a time, and I feel like I'm coming out the the other end of it, and I just feel so much better, so mm. much better. So yeah, how are you? I am really good because I have some exciting personal things that I've got lined up, which. Mm, I don't know if I'll share it right now because um, actually, mm, nah, I don't know. I'll share it next episode. How about that? Cliffhanger. Yeah. Uh-huh. That um, but that's exciting. And then, yeah, just living my best life, trying to anyway. Um, yep. We've got that's some epic guests lined up, which is getting me so, so keen. Um, Today's guest is oh. so good. I'm so excited for people to hear this episode because I genuinely believe 
this will really help people. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And um, Ali is um, a dear friend, but she's somebody who has recovered from eating disorder and mm-hmm. is working in the fitness industry. And we'll talk about it in a moment, but yeah, it's absolutely epic. Um, but before we get into that ep, I want you to share with me, Lily, what is your quote for the week? My quote for the week is by Wayne Dyer and it is, my goal is not to be better than anyone else, but to be better than I used to be. I love. And, yeah. I think in like, you know, a society that just tells us we've got to you know, compete with everyone and whatever, you so don't. You've just uh-huh. got to try and be the best version of you that you can be. And mm. yeah, that's kind of what I'm focusing on at the moment, I suppose. I love it. Mm, I love it. Mine's kind of similar and I don't know who it's from and I really apologize, but it's a screenshot from my Instagram. It doesn't have the author. So there's me. Um, So the quote is, instead of asking yourself, what do I want to do with my life? Ask yourself, what do I want to do within my life? Mm. And I feel like it's something that I have this question all the time. What do I? What am I doing with my life? What am I doing with my life? What am I doing with my life? It's like, hang on a second. Take a step back and ask yourself, what do I want within my life? What things do I want to enjoy within my life? Do I want to travel? Do I want to meet people? Do I want to, you know, run a multi-million dollar business? Like, mm. I mean, like, you know, everyone's different, but like what do you want within your life? Joy, mm. happiness, love, money or freedom, whatever. And then do that and and do or action that to live more in line with that i feel like it takes a lot less pressure a lot more pressure off you when you approach it from that angle i love that it's kind of like what ben crow says he says you know you're a human being not a human doing favorite Um, yeah and yeah i think that's an incredible one what has been the best moment and the worst moment of your week this week I should have thought about this before. Um, <laughs> so let's have a think about the best bit of my week. Do you know what? Um, I reckon it is – so Saturday Saturday afternoon I had nothing to do and I literally yeah. sat in my bed and just like researched stuff about the thing that I want to do, which I'll tell you next week, for like full for like five hours and I had the best mm. time. I was like frothing hardcore. So I'm in my house, yeah. I've got me hot chocolate, I've got me dog, I've got no one else to worry about and it's, I feel like I was full slithering and I was like, yeah. so I feel like that was the best bit. As like, That's so nice. Just yeah. like getting excited about things. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, that's the best. That is the best. And what was your worst? Um, my worst... So my worst bit, actually. So my mate Jacko and I trained for triathlons for our triathlon every Saturday morning. And last Saturday we were training and we were up to the bike bit. And Jacko skidded so hardcore, oh, fell off no. his bike, and his whole like left side was just like in like smithereens and he was crying. And I was like, oh my gosh. Oh, no. This is it was real scary. So I feel like even though it wasn't bad for me, like it was so scary. And it just like puts Put the importance of like and like of life like at the yeah. forefront of everything yeah. and like, thank yeah. goodness he was wearing a helmet so I feel like that was a really it wasn't a bad bit in like the traditional sense but it was like a oh okay hang on a second this is a reminder that like life is so precious and yeah. really easily so easily and 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 in an instant you know yeah. hopefully that reminds you to be safe yeah. Wear a helmet, kids. Wear a helmet and, yes, just be safe. 
safe yep. safe. Yeah. What about you? Worst, best, best, worst. My best. Actually, I start with my worst. My worst, just in general. Um, I think every probably everybody probably knows on this podcast. It's just been a really tough time for me. Um, and just just figuring that out and dealing with my emotions and all of the sadness and and things that that come with that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just been really tough. And as much as it's a lot better now it's just, it kind of takes an emotional toll on you. Like I feel drained. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah, that's probably my worst. And then my best going to, okay. So no, my best, my brother got home um, yesterday from Canada, his partner. So I got to see him and her and then going um, to Byron today with my sister and just, just two nights with my sister laying by the pool, chilling out. Like I'm, just feel really happy about that so that's my best um yeah yeah it's it's just exciting and then yeah that's it that's it I love it looking and feeling a lot better which is just I love it oh and it's just you know that quote you shared the other week this two shall pass bloody oath it's passed it's passed see you later Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's it's really it's really good and yeah so I'm, I'm just feeling a lot better Yay, happiness. Yay, yay, yay. Okay, we won't chat your earbuds off any longer. No. Here is the episode with Ali. Thank you, Ali. Again, five million times over. This is such an awesome episode and far out, you guys are going to get some epic gold from it. Okay, team, today we have Ali on. Ali has an absolutely incredible story. Several years ago, she fell ill with an eating disorder, which developed into what we call hypothalamic amenorrhea that prompted her to reach out to a dietitian and heaps of other medical professionals. Through her recovery, Ali has been navigating, actually co-owning and co-managing an F45 studio in Victoria and juggling working in the fitness industry, which at times appeared to be quite contradicting to the the work she was actually doing as or with a dietitian and other health professionals. Ali is now confidently fully recovered and is incredibly passionate about supporting healthy exercise and food habits and challenging the sometimes harmful advice spread across the fitness industry. Thank you so much, Ali, for jumping on. We are absolutely so excited to chat today. You're incredible and a, yeah, a, a shining bright light for a lot of people in this space. So yay. What an introduction. That's so sweet. I can't wait. I'm so happy to be here. And, and yeah, I can't wait to talk to you girls. Yay. Oh. What we usually do at the beginning is we like to ask the guests what your worst bit and what your best bit of the week is. So let's start with the best bit and then we'll go into the worst. What's your best bit, Ali? My best bit, it probably hasn't it hasn't happened yet, but I'm going to Bali this weekend. Oh. So I'm so excited for that. So I've kind of got like that pre-holiday just excitement. Like I'm just Buzz. so ready to go packing and I'm just, yeah, cannot wait. Oh, that's epic. I love Bali. <laughs> Pardon? Are you going with mates? Yep, I'm going with my family for the first half and my best friend and then all my um, friends are coming over in that second half. So, yeah, it'll be good fun. So good. Okay, share us what's the worst bit. My worst bit would be I was cleaning out my car the other day and I found a parking fine from months ago, which I still haven't paid. <laughs> oh. So I, that's probably my worst bit, having to deal with that. <laughs> So did you know you got the parking fine before you found it or did you just like randomly find it? 
No, I knew I had it oh, like, I used to ages not. ago, but and I thought Locked it was it empty, out. and I scrunched it up. I'm like, oh my god, I haven't paid that. So, oh no, I've just paid oh. it on the spot. <laughs> Yuck! That's good. Mm. like the worst thing ever because you can't do anything about it. You're just gonna be like, damn. Yeah, <laughs> literally. And it. I tried to fight it as well, and they just weren't. Having it. No, don't have a bar of it. Oh, no. so so shit. Well, hopefully, Bali is fun. Parking fines can go away. Just pay it and just forget about it. That's what I always say. Um, And, yeah, thank you so much for sharing. Okay. Firstly, I think it's um, important to share how we actually know Ali. So Ali and I are and Ali lives in Victoria. Um, We're actually – well, I'm in Sydney, but Lily's in Queensland. But it's pretty epic what we can do with social media and Zoom and everything like that these days. But with – with how we kind of want to start is I just kind of want to ask, or both, I just want to, Lily and I both want to ask, <laughs> feel comfortable kind of painting a bit of a story for all of us as to when your relationship with food and or exercise started to become challenging. Oftentimes when we um, are struggling or we had struggled with an eating disorder, some people can remember like a moment or a day or a week or a month where things just started going a little bit downhill. So was there a catalyst? Was there a moment where you're like, this is tough? I, I I feel like this is kind of the beginning of something. Or was it sort of like a, oh, okay, hang on a second. When you know, let's let's paint a picture. Like what what kind of got got on? So I think it was kind of more of a gradual thing. I know when it started and when it became kind of an issue, and it was definitely the first lockdown. So on um, mm. March, I think 2020, something like that. Um, and I don't think it was intentional, but I was just kind of exercising more because there was nothing else to do. Um, so I just kind of fell into that. I wasn't working or anything. And I guess I've always, I had always been aware of food and kind of that working in the industry. I was pretty aware of like, you know, numbers and um, all that kind of thing. But yeah, definitely COVID. And I just, when I went back to work, I looked very different. I had lost a lot of weight and people kind of started commenting and it was, oh, you look amazing, you look so good and, oh, look how small you are, all that kind of stuff. And so I went back to work and I'm like, oh, this is great. Like people think, you know, I look so good and stuff, And but really that was just kind of fueling it. And then I guess I thought, well, I can't go back now. Like so I just kept going until, yeah, it was just – and then I realised it wasn't good like it was so obsessive and restrictive and the amount of training I was doing and food I wasn't eating it was Mm. yeah not healthy at all so that would be when it started and then yeah that's pretty much the start of it wow yeah and I mean it's kind of like the the perfect storm for developing you know um eating an eating disorder being in that lockdown only having exercise available to you and then coming back and seeing people after so long and then I suppose them just reinforcing this troubled behavior, right? Yeah, 100%. And I guess the comments too, like, how did you do it? What are you doing? And it's like, mm. you don't want to know. Like, it's, yeah. 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 Wow. And it just shows you like the impact that that comments can make on people. And even though like I'm sure they wouldn't have said it in a malicious, with a malicious intent or anything, it's just maybe they thought it was actually really complimentary for you. And unfortunately, like it actually solidified what you were doing in your behaviours in a sort of negative light. Yeah, exactly right. And I think, yeah, you're right. It just 
kept me kind of going. And I guess I didn't really notice either during lockdown because I wasn't going out and do anything. Mm. So all I was wearing was like trackies and pajamas. (laughs) So when I actually came out of lockdown and started to put on clothes, I'm like, oh my God, nothing fits me anymore. It was, Mm. that was probably when I realized, oh, okay, something's up here. Mm. And it's just such like a, it's such a shame that we are as a society conditioned to associate weight loss with like some great achievement. And it would just be so amazing if, and, and I think it is getting a lot better if, you know, collectively we'd, we would, we would question that and, you know, maybe even ask like, are you doing okay? Yeah. But that's just not the society that we live in currently. Right. No. Yeah. Mm. What, Ali, like what kind of, you said like you realize that things weren't great. Like what, what made you realize that? Like you were kind of in this sort of, in this sort of tunnel vision, I guess, if you, if you, if you could say, and then one day you realize, hang on, this isn't healthy. Like, was there anything that made you realize Actually, wait, things aren't right. Um, my one of my best friends and who's now my business partner, I spoke to her a lot. Um, we worked together at where I used to work and um we kind of spoke a lot. So she knew everything that was kind of going on in my head and she was probably the only one because I didn't speak to anyone about it and she pulled me up quite a few times and the more I kind of spoke about things and how I looked at food and that she'd be like that's not on like you, you know that's mm. probably maybe you should like you know have think about getting some help and she was oh incredible and that she's been there the whole time for me and yeah that was when I kind of started to think about okay is this normal kind of comparing myself to other people and yeah mm. Mm. <laughs> just a side note but like often people don't feel um or they don't know how to approach somebody if they're you know, worried about them in terms of their relationship with food or exercise. Would you say that there was anything that your friend did that was really supportive of that and made you feel safe and open to talking? Um, she just made me feel like she never attacked me kind of about it. It was she would always just listen to me and just the way she spoke to me was really comfortable and calming kind of and she never came at me from a point of, you look sick or that kind of thing. And Mm. that's so true. Like I think people, a lot of people after I kind of recovered said to me, oh, I always thought at the time something was up, but I didn't want to say anything. And it's kind of contradicting because half of me is like, I wish you said something and helped me, but our half is like, don't come for me. Like don't, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think it just shows you like you kind of, in a way, if somebody says something, like we kind of believe that it's like we, that person will be like, oh, well, I'm going to do it more or like, you know, rebel. Whereas often, you know, I guess if you're willing to accept or receive that information, even though you might, you know, from the start not be receptive or maybe it doesn't look like you're actually listening, but sometimes we actually do absorb that information and we do act on it, even though it might not appear from a superficial level like we're actually listening. Yeah, Mm. definitely. It's just kind of planting that seed, like that you know someone kind of watching you and looking out for you. It's just, yeah. Mm. And I guess how long would you say that this went on for um, before you did start to, you know, take some steps towards recovery? Um, So I'd say... So we came out of lockdown in like June, July, something like that. And then it was the following April 
it was just before my birthday. I remember that, um, that I was like, okay, it's time to get better and do something about this. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was a good year. Mm. And yeah, yeah, in lockdown too, like that was a crazy year of coming in and out of lockdown. And honestly, I barely remember anything because like when you're in that kind of place, you just mm. don't have the brain space for anything. And no, I was just no. sleeping all the time and I was so moody and tired and it's just kind of feels like a blackout period of my life. Oh, yeah, it's exhausting. And definitely. As as like a hypnotherapist, I'm always interested in um I guess, you know, people's childhoods and and the ways that things can develop. So, I suppose from from your perspective, was this something that you would have foreseen for yourself? Did you struggle with this kind of thing growing up or was it literally just situational just um through COVID and everything like that that it developed um I've always been a sporty kind of kid and into Mm. health and fitness and all that kind of thing but I never would have thought I I mean like it doesn't run in my family anything like that Mm. um yeah it just was COVID and I think being in the industry had a big part in it Mm. but yeah Mm. yeah I'd love to talk about that hey yeah, let's talk about the role of the fitness industry in a moment. But like before that, like I'm really intrigued. What made you like? What was the turning point for you to go? I need to recover. Like, is there something that happened, or medically, psychologically, socially, that you're like, nah, this is it. I need to do something about this. Um, probably when so I'd been to the doctors a few times and that and told them I hadn't had a period and all that and mm. they kind of just brushed me away and said it was normal but I knew my body and it wasn't normal mm. and I started kind of researching like, you know loss of period all that kind of stuff and I kind of self-diagnosed myself with hypothalamic amenorrhea like everything mm. lined up I knew I all everything was there and then I started researching that and I just scared myself a lot, kind of more for the future. And I thought, like, I don't want kids right now. But one day I'm like, oh, my God, what if I can't have kids? Like, is this going to impact my future? And, um, yeah, just I wanted to get it back. I just wanted to be healthy and back to normal and enjoy social life and that again. And I remember reading a quote and it was something like, you have to recover one day. So what are you waiting for? Mm. I'm like, that's so true. Might as well just do it now and wow. get on with my life. That's love- incredible. For anyone who doesn't know, um, hypothalamic amenorrhea is basically what we call like a functional disorder. So there's nothing like inherently structurally wrong, but what happens is when somebody, um, or a female, goes or sort of struggles with things like excessive exercise, under-eating or excessive sort of um, psychosocial stress, the hypothalamus, which is in your brain, sort of switches off and says, I'm not safe to have a baby right now, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to switch off the release of certain hormones that enable me to ovulate, so release an egg every month. And what basically that does is it results in like no period. So amenorrhea. Um, Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The cause is, or we often see it in like people who have eating disorders, um, but it's not always just for people who have diagnosed eating disorders. Um, And the best way to recover from it is to eat more, stress less, exercise less, and um, sometimes that takes a while to actually get a period back, but yeah, it's, um, really, really prevalent, especially in the sort of eating disorder sphere. And then also athletes, um, more so professional athletes because of the excessive exercise. So it's not something to kind of, um, push away because if you're a female and you're not getting a period, what also happens is you're not getting enough estrogen, which is really important for your bones. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, if you're not getting a period, you can't get pregnant and not to say that you can't get pregnant. I mean, not to say you want to get pregnant now, but like in the future, you know, if you don't have your period, it's, it's not even a, yeah, an option. So it's scary business. Yeah. incredibly scary and you know when it's something that is um you know so fundamental for us as women when that does get taken away it I'm sure just you know shakes you and did was getting your period back was that like a good motivator for you yeah it was actually that was the main driver to kind of get better definitely Mm. just to get my period back it was kind of like a bit of a challenge for me I was just like Mm. I want this back I'm like when I want something I'm definitely someone that goes for it so I'm like Mm. I'm gonna get this I'm gonna work hard for it all in and yeah yeah that's that's such an incredible mindset um and I, I I found just through 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 myself but also clients that sometimes there's a bit of like a uh, a conflict in your mind and I wonder if it it, it was there for you too because getting your period back that's such a that's such a great thing but it also means almost letting go of this eating disorder in a way and that can be a bit of a conflict for some people did did you find that at all yeah I did I feel like um when I was kind of recovering and stuff and had to reduce my exercise and all that I felt mm. like I was kind of losing a part of me because I guess I was worried that you know working in the fitness industry I'd always been seen as the one who works out and she's really like Mm. fit now and if I didn't work out and people didn't see me training like what does that leave me with like who am I without being really small can we explore that a little bit more I'm very interested in how it was recovering from eating disorder whilst also working in the fitness industry Yeah, it was really, really hard. Um, people, I guess, are always commenting on how you look and diet and exercise. And unfortunately, there's often a lot of negative talk around that kind of stuff. And when a lot of people's main 
motive in exercise is weight loss, unfortunately, and you're trying to do the opposite and put on weight, it feels really hard. And something I struggled a lot with is comparison. Mm. Um, like when recovering, you, myself, I knew I had to eat more and especially in social situations, I would go out and knowing I had to eat that little bit more because I'm in recovery. But for me, food was medicine and not everyone's in recovery. And I just had, that was a really big thing, focusing on my own lane and not looking around and comparing myself to others because yeah, not everyone's in recovery and you just have to focus on yourself. But yeah, definitely like not training and stuff and working around that kind of talk was super challenging. Oh, I can imagine. What, did you have any sort of like strategies in place to help your mindset with that um I feel like I just had to I ended up journaling a lot when I was um sick which I love now because I can look back on and I my god I cannot believe the person I was back then just like the things like how my brain worked it was just crazy but I found journaling writing everything down just really pulling it back and focusing on myself and remembering why I'm doing it and Mm. I do remember one day I don't think I'll forget this day where I used to live um, in my hometown. They had this event called Run Warrigal and it was uh, similar to Run Melbourne because we were in COVID and I went for a walk that day and obviously I wasn't exercising as much at the time and I love running, like I love running so much and seeing everyone run around, it just made me so sad. I remember I came home and just cried and cried because all I wanted to do was pick my feet up and run, but I just knew I couldn't do it. But now, fast forward a year later, I just ran a marathon. So I, oh my be- I can't believe how far it's come. Man. Yeah, That wow. is incredible. You should be so proud of yourself. <laughs> wow. I Like the mental strength that's required in those moments where you're like, I would do anything right now to run, but I can't. Like that. Yeah. How do you think that's taught like or sort of threaded through any other element of your personal life that sort of strength and, and uh, yeah, this, this sort of like patience, I guess, with the process? Like, has that helped with anything else in, in your life outside of recovery? 100%. I've always been such an impatient person and like things to be done like yesterday. And going through recovery and sitting through months of being so uncomfortable was so challenging. And mm. there were so many times I wanted to just give up and be like, it's not working, nothing's helping. But just sitting through it, being uncomfortable, doing the hard things, it was worth it in the end. And mentally, I am so much stronger now than I ever was. And I definitely even took that when I was training for the marathon, I'm like, if I can get over an eating disorder and go three months of that, I can run a couple of hours. <laughs> like, yeah, definitely carrying that through. Wow. That's wow. Incredible. <laughs> I often think that like people that, um, that go through eating disorders, I often think that they are some of the most determined people and to, to, to have an eating disorder is very consuming and it takes like almost a lot of effort to have an eating disorder. Right. And it's exhausting and it's incredible the amount of effort that it also takes to recover. So it's almost like people that develop eating disorders are the perfect people to recover from them because (laughs) they are so incredibly determined. Have you found that you've just always been like a very headstrong person? Cause it seems that, that you are. 
yeah, definitely. I'm very headstrong and driven. I kind of, like I said before, when I want something, I'll go for it and work for it. So you're so right. Like recovery is so exhausting and constantly thinking about when have I got to eat next and all that. It's always on your mind. And same with having an eating disorder. Like you're so controlled by food and exercise and then to kind of turn, try and change that. Just that was one thing I noticed so much, just the brain space I had when I recovered. Like, mm. like what do I do with it all? Like, should I study? Should I go and learn something? I just had so much more time not to think yeah. about food and when am I going to exercise next and, yeah, very determined person. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And what kind of, I guess, you know, for people listening to this that um, are, you know, in the midst of an eating disorder wanting to recover, what what is the light at the end of the tunnel? Like what is the um, the freedom that you now have? What has that allowed for your life? Oh, I just, at the time I didn't, like I guess I didn't know life could be so much better and that the grass mm-hmm. is actually so much greener. But mm-hmm. now looking back, like just everything is so much better. Like my training is amazing. I'm running again and I read in my journal the other week that I wrote a note saying I'm not sure I'll ever run again because I was just so in recovery. But now just looking back, I wish I could tell her it does get better. And social situations, relationships, just literally everything is better. Life actually gets better when you do. Oh, oh that's so amazing. Inspiring. It is actually <laughs> what would um Like if someone was in that particular sort of similar situation that you were, Ali, like a year or so ago, like apart from, I guess, reminding yourself that it will get better, like what other tips would you share with them? Like what would you say are the biggest things apart from that beautiful, inspiring thought? I think you just have to be really honest with yourself. Um, It took me a long time to commit to getting better and for a while I was kind of half in and just doing little things here and there but it's just – not enough like you just have to kind of bite the bullet and go for it and do it all and just think about the end result and think about your future and do you really want to be stuck in this mindset forever and there's so much more to life than being small and like lean and there's so yeah so much life to be lived other than surrounding or making your whole personality about health and fitness can I ask what like what role did health professionals play in your recovery Oh, so much. I I remember the dietitian who I wanted to reach out to. I had been like sitting on it for a while and I spoke to my like one of my best friends about it and I'm like, oh, should I message her? Should I not? And it took me a long time to do it. And I guess I kind of just resonated with her. Um, just when you find someone you click with, it just makes all the difference. And I guess it's the same mm-hmm. for psychologists and every health professional. When you find mm-hmm. someone who gets you and you can trust it makes all the difference so make sure you've got the right person and the right mm-hmm. people in your corner even my um fitness coach now who does my training and all that kind of stuff she just gets it so I just feel like I've got this little team behind me just mm-hmm. yeah dream team that's so important and I guess sometimes you even have to like interview the people that um are the health professionals like interview psychologists interview you know your dietitians and whatever to see who you connect with because that sort of does make all the difference a hundred percent yeah and you've got to trust them as well and be comfortable mm. with someone like you don't want to be catching up for you know appointments and stuff and dread it like I used to yeah. I felt accountable to kind of to my dietitian I was like 
oh, I don't want to go back because that's just going to be disappointing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. And to have people in on, on your team is so amazing. What role, I guess, did like friends and stuff play as well? Um, it was kind of, I didn't really tell anyone. I'm mm. very much an independent person. And I guess the only person that really, I didn't even tell my family, like my mom, no mm. one. Um, the only person who really knew was my, one of my best friends and yeah, my business partner now. Um, mm. so she kind of went through it all with me and, I kind of told people once I was in that better mindset because I didn't want to, I didn't want people to look at me differently. And even now yeah. I feel like sometimes telling people you just, I don't want to ever go out and people look at me and be like, Oh, is she eating enough? And mm. like now I'm like, I'm, I know I'm okay, but it's just that vulnerability, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's a very personal thing. And mm. yeah. I think that's really um, inspiring for others as well is that, you get to choose who you tell things to and you don't have to tell everyone. Um, yeah. And it, it can just be that really core group of, of health professionals and maybe one friend and that's kind of all you need. And that's that. Yeah. I think that's a really incredible thing. Yeah. And I did like, I definitely told my mom and everything after, but yeah, just at the time I'm like, this is just something I need to do for myself and yeah. I don't regret anything. I'm, I love everyone who I told and had the people in my corner and I felt supported the whole time. Mm. It's interesting, hey, because, like, I think when you tell someone something, um, you know, like they kind of worry about you, which is understandable, but then you don't want to – it's like do you tell them – for you for them to support you do you feel like you need that like there's a lot of different reasons as to why you would tell someone or why you wouldn't tell someone I don't think there's one way to go about it like some people like some of my clients like they tell everyone because they're like I need people to push me I need people to check up on me I need this whereas other people they don't like telling it because they don't want to go out for dinner and you know mum to be like come on put some more potatoes on your plate like they want to put the potatoes on their plate for themselves so like it's hard, isn't it? And there's no right way, but I, I agree. Like I think that in your scenario, Ali, you were somebody who was, you, you'd had the health professionals around you. You had that support. You had that accountability. So sharing wasn't necessarily going to benefit you in any way. Mm. Yeah. Mm, that's mm. so interesting. So you'd, you'd say to people like be honest, so, sort help, sort professional help, surround Definitely, yourself yeah. with people who are supportive, um, know that it's going to get better. Anything else from like a more of a tangible point, like things like exercise or not exercising and like how you navigated that? Yeah, that was a big one, not being able to, like my exercise changed a lot. Where I used to work was very high intense training and was very stressful on my body and having to like drop that back completely and do just, I had to find things that I've, enjoyed doing away from exercise so for Mm. me that was going out and eating like I hadn't done that for so long because of like COVID and I never wanted to go out and eat when I was really sick and in that mindset so Mm. being with friends and just finding things I enjoyed doing apart from kind of that exercise and fitness personality and just kind of figure out who I am away from that as a person yeah Mm. essentially it's like re-identifying yourself isn't it yeah, definitely. And I felt lost for so long. I'm like, who am I? What am I doing? And is this my, have I made this my whole personality? And to an extent, I did. So 
So it was kind of fun, like reinventing myself and figuring out who I want to be, what I want to do. And yeah. That's wow. That's so exciting. <laughs> that's so exciting. I, I want to know, what do you think in terms of like the fitness industry and, and, you know, diet culture and all that stuff, what do you think like can be done better? I think just, I guess the, honestly, I think it is getting better at mm. re, like recently compared to a few years ago, but there is still, there's just so much misinformation out there and mm. it's hard when you know the truth and you know how things work when you see people spreading this kind of thing around and you just you just wish you could scream and yell out that's so wrong like stop <laughs> spreading harmful messages and stuff when you know the truth but yeah yeah it's just kind of that misinformation out there you just wish would kind of go away I know what like so you're like a PT and you manage like a, a sort of um fitness studio like yeah. what <sighs> Like if you if so like a, as someone in a similar position to you, Ali, like who was managing a studio or sort of within the sort of fitness industry as a PT, like what are some things that you would say to them to do slash not do with their clients or do slash not talk about with their clients or mm. promote or not promote with their clients? Yep. Um, so me and my business partner were very conscious of this opening the studio and we always said we're never going to promote a summer shred or a 30-day weight loss, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So we are very conscious of wording that we use and I do pride us both in that because we've never made the whole thing about weight loss. We just want everybody to come and train and have fun and find enjoyment and exercise and I think we've honestly done a really good job of that and we yeah we just don't speak like that around our student if we don't speak like that nobody's going to talk to us about that so it's not even having the conversation in the first place I think it's just yeah that's a really good tip it's hard isn't it especially if you work for a franchise who does the challenges or whatever to Mm -hmm. kind of do a different thing I'm sure that would have been a very intentional effort on your behalf definitely the challenges were a big one for us every challenge we sit down and we say this is not a weight loss challenge it's a lifestyle thing we just want we just want everyone to train and have fun and enjoy food and enjoy exercise and find that balance Mm. Mm. incredible and the the impact that you can have by doing that like I'm sure you have younger women in your studio and and you know all all kinds of people the impact that that can have just by having good role models within this industry um, is so powerful. And, you know, you may only see, you know, however many people in a day, but that changes things generationally Mm. because Mm. those people, they have children and they can then impart, you know, the, the messages that you have onto them. And it's, it's really, um, yeah, not something to be taken lightly when you are a positive impact within an industry that, you know, has so much negativity around it. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's something that to be incredibly proud of. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah, you're sort of changing the whole dialogue of everything and sort of it's pretty powerful, like the role that one person can have in the world like it kind of freaks me out sometimes to be honest but like <laughs> also Ali like you're and your business partner using it to your advantage and you're voicing these things and yeah don't take it lightly like the impact the positive impacts you're having on people is 
incredibly profound, even though it might not seem like it, you know, people talk and people have friends and family and everything like that. So it's pretty inspiring that you're doing something, unfortunately, quite against the norm, but (laughs) make it the norm. Yeah. Yeah. What now? What are you doing now? Like, you know, you know, I'm sure the past couple of years has been incredibly um, challenging, but then also transformative. Like who's Ali in 2023? I'm so excited for this year. I feel so motivated and I just want to work hard and I want to move. So that's my end goal. I just want to pick up and go where I live now was always kind of temporary. So the end goal is to move away somewhere a little bit warmer. Um, and yeah, just keep working and keep kind of, I live in my life, living my best life and yeah. I want to run a half marathon again. So that's kind yeah. of the fitness goal, but yeah. yeah, just keep doing what I'm doing, keep training and keep on track. Wow. And moving, that's going to be cool. Are you, <laughs> have you got anywhere you're wanting to move to in Australia? Yeah, I want to go to the Gold Coast. All right, you heard it here first, everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me 23. <laughs> that's, oh, that's awesome. That's You're such an inspiration and, yeah, I'm oh. so grateful that you could come on the podcast yeah. and chat to us. It's, Thank it's really Thank you so special. much for having me. Yeah, oh, honestly. Yeah. And, like, you know, I hope this episode has shown people who are listening who are in or who have been in a similar position or are in a similar position that Ali was in, like, it does get better, but it does require effort too, you know. It's not something that can happen overnight. Mm. It requires a support network and, like, it is hard and there are hard days, but that doesn't mean that it's the wrong thing to do and, and if you've got those people behind you, if you've got that um, kind of will, it is incredibly, incredibly rewarding on so many Definitely. ways. Yeah. And it's not easy. Like I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, you know, it's a sunshine and rainbows. It's yeah. hard and you have to, it's uncomfortable and you've just got to do the hard things, but it's worth, it's so worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Ali, you're the best. You're amazing. You're so inspiring. And thank you so much for sharing your story to so many people. Like I'm sure everyone who is listening will have something to take away from today, even if they're not in a simple position, like they might have a family member or know somebody close to them who are struggling, who can kind of share this episode with. Yeah. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Manis and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.